So going into this argument, we see in 1 Peter chapter 3, and me and Jonathan were talking earlier, most of these books were written because of the sufferings of these people. And so the authors are writing to Christians who are suffering for their faith, for Christ. It says in 1 Peter 3, 15 through 18, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence and keeping good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it, so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. And so we see here that we are to suffer. God promises suffering. And we see here that it is for doing right, that it is good for doing right, for Christ died for us. And the whole point of us being here, the whole point of Christ sending his son is so that we may turn to him. And in the end, we're promised abundant life by Christ. And John sixteen thirty three talks about how he has already overcome the world. So none of these sufferings compare to knowing him. Hey, everybody. You are listening to Grace Bond Ministries. Grace Bond Ministries is about sharing the Word of God, having conversations about difficult topics, talking about apologetics, coming together, tackling issues, answering questions, studying the Scripture, uh, doing devotionals. Listen, Grace Bond Ministries has so many different things that we're going to talk about, that we have talked about, we're going to continue talking about, uh, and this podcast is made for someone who wants to know more about the Christian faith, or wants answers to their questions, or just wants to ask questions, or just wants a safe place to talk about things, even things like politics, you know, abortion, uh, homosexuality, hell, you know, or just how do I have strong faith? That's what you're going to get when you listen to Grace Bond Ministries. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you are blessed and encouraged by what we do here. Hey, everybody. Jonathan and Christian here for yet another podcast. Um, uh, this is something I, I was just telling Christian, this is something that I've wanted to uh, I've wanted to do this podcast for a long time. Um, just wanted to get on here and talk about the problem of evil. Um, so before we get into that, just a quick introduction. I mean, most people are going to know us, but you know, maybe if you're just on the internet looking like we were, uh, for answers to other people, like how other people have answered this problem. Uh, uh, this is, uh, we just want to introduce ourselves though. Uh, so I'm Jonathan, I'm a youth pastor, uh, started Grace Bond Ministries, uh, a good while ago, uh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, actually. So uh, it's been going on for a long time, but uh, really, I think it's really uh, been beneficial for a lot of people. And if nobody else has been beneficial for me, for sure. So, um, <clears throat> uh, but, you know, I'm a youth pastor. I've got a, I've got a bachelor's degree in Christian studies. Uh, one of my favorite quotes since I've been at this church was somebody I preached and and she walked up to me and she said, you're on your way to being a regular pastor. So maybe one day I'll be a regular pastor, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Uh, but anyways, we're excited to talk about this. Christian, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and uh, we'll get started. Well, I'm Christian Walton. I'm a student pastor with Oak Hill Baptist Church in Millen, Georgia. If you don't know where that is, that's okay. You can, it's outside of Augusta, outside of Statesboro, somewhere in the middle of nowhere there. But I got a bachelor's degree from Bruton Parker. Me and Jonathan actually went to school together. That's how we know each other. And I've only been on here for about a month. So if you haven't seen me before, that might be why. But glad to be a part and to help tackle this problem of evil. Yeah. So so let's, let's get into this problem of evil, all right? Let me get some of this light off my face. <laughs> um, so... The problem of evil. So there's a there's a deductive and inductive argument for the problem of evil. The deductive, the, the only difference is, so you don't have to go research like I did, trying to figure out what the difference is between deductive and inductive. Um, a deductive argument is like a, it's like there's it's not a probability thing. It's an inductive argument is probability, uh, and and a deductive argument is this is what it is, how it is, or whatever. Um, so there's a deductive argument against the the existence of god because of evil uh and that's what this is and this actually kind of started with uh david hume i believe and it's probably been going on for a long time but david hume i think was one of the first ones to really to really put it in into words the deductive argument um and that basically what david hume says he says is god willing to prevent evil but he's not able then he's impotent instead of omnipotent uh, that means he's 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 there's certain things that he does not have the power to do if he's impotent um, or is he able? Let me just read the whole quote in, in whole so you don't, you don't get confused. What's my saying? His saying. Uh, so David Hume, is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is impotent. Is he able but not willing? Then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Why? The, whence then is evil? Why is there evil? Um, so basically, <laughs> in more common terms, um, if God is omniscient, if God is omniscient, is all-knowing, if he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, omnipotent means all-powerful, and if he's omnipresent, so he's all pre- so if he's all-present, then he's present in all these circumstances, he knows what's going on in all these circumstances, and on top of that, if he's also loving, uh, like Christians say he is, Meaning he has the he has so all this means that he has the knowledge he has the power in, and he has a good reason to stop evil and the good reason is because of his love and and the power and all that is just because of who he is as God he has power over all the things that he created. Um, but since so that's kind of the the understanding of God, but then evil still exists even though God is all these things. Evil still exists, therefore God cannot exist. Because God is not intervening to stop evil like we think he should. All right. Uh, so is there a contradiction between God and evil? Now, that's the deductive argument. Now, William Lane Craig, interestingly enough, he actually says that there's really not anybody in the scholarly realm that is uh, that is still giving the deductive argument. It's actually inductive now. So it's, it's not that God does not exist. It's that it's improbable that God exists. Um, with evil in the world, and so it's 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 probable that God does not exist because there's evil, and it's possible that there could be some kind of world where there's a God who is all these things. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. 
He's omnipresent and he's all loving, yet he allows evil in the world for a reason. So that's what we're going to kind of dive into. Um, is there anything you wanted to add there, Christian, just on the like the basic argument? You've pretty much covered it. I think we'll get further into it. I don't want to spoil anything yet. Yeah, yeah, it'll get spoilers. <laughs> then, then they won't watch till the end. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is just a, a very, it's a very personal question, I think, for Christian and I both. Yeah. Um, just counseling people, talking to people. You know, we, we've, we've, we've just, we've had a lot of conversations with people who who have suffered we've 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 faced suffering and evil ourselves you know maybe not to the extent as some people you know i wasn't part of the holocaust you know but i mean i've had some things in my life that were really that were kind of tough to get through um and and i've also talked with other people and we get to some of those examples here in just a second but um, this problem is something and it's not just something we can ignore either it's something that everybody uh, everybody has to deal with it. Everybody's going to face evil and suffering and all of this stuff. Everybody's got to deal with it. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. Uh, everybody's got to deal with evil. And uh, it is interesting. We're not going to get too much into this part on the debate, I mean, on the podcast. But uh, it is interesting, though, of how other religions and stuff try to deal with this problem. Uh, most fascinating to me, and I think it's completely wrong, <laughs> but the most fascinating to me is the, uh, the new age understanding of how they basically say there really is no such thing as true evil because uh, everything, even the evil is actually for good. And so there is uh, no such thing as, as true evil, really uh, very interesting hearing that from some of them. Now they don't all say that. Um, so let's jump into this though. So where does evil come from? According to the Bible, if we're reading the story of the Bible, the story of the gospel, no, the gospel is is Genesis to Revelation. It's the whole Bible. Um, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ starts in Genesis. Um, so what's what really is, uh, where does the evil come from according to uh, the Bible? So Christian, you want to go ahead and start us off on that? Yeah, so we got right I think it's mentioned later in scripture, but we have the angels falling, the original angels where Satan comes from being the angel of Lucifer. We see him wanting to be God, which is where sin started. We see him fall. And then you come to Genesis with the story of Adam and Eve. And I'm sure we've all heard it, whether in Sunday school, whether just reading it, we've heard the story of Adam and Eve where this fall happens. We see in Genesis one and two, creation comes into play. Then Genesis three, Eve and Adam are there. Eve is tempted by this snake, who we learn later is Satan, who is that fallen angel. And she's tempted. She eats the fruit of the one tree God told them not to. They had all these other options. And of course, they had to choose that one tree because God told them not to. Kind of like when we say, don't look at something, everybody turns their head. No. <laughs> so, in the same way, Eve came, ate the fruit, and this introduces the fall. There's a reason we call it the fall. We have different punishments that happened because of that work, working the land. Adam was cursed, and it's hard to work the land. That's why we sweat. Um, Eve, when she sinned, God cursed her with the chain, the pain of childbirth. And so sorry, all the women out there, mothers out there, Eve is the reason that we have, y'all have pain in childbirth. Um, the serpent was cursed by having to slither on the ground. 
So beforehand and even in uh, skeletons that they found that snakes have little arms that are actually pushed into their bodies, which is the cool thing because after the curse we see that they have to slither on the ground so their arms actually molded into their body. So you can still see that they were able to walk as Satan did as the serpent. Um, and then most people believe because God cursed the ground, therefore things of this world, creation was also cursed as a result of sin. I think that's a good explanation of the fall. And then we move into the law of the Israelites. We see the Ten Commandments, the one that most people know that had to come into play because of sin, because of evil. You see the uh, Code of Hammurabi and different things like that. And Moses received this law all on the mountain. And we see the punishments. We've seen uh, punishments like Korah's Rebellion, where the ground opens up and swallows them because of the evil. We see Noah's Ark as a result of evil. We see Sodom and Gomorrah in these things that people look at and really question the loving side of God. And I think this problem of evil is a lot of the reason people look at the Old and New Testament and say, of course, this isn't the same God of the New Testament as it is of the Old because they see him as being evil and not just. You want to go over the second half? I guess yeah. Matthew to Revelation. Yeah, that's one thing you're going to see too is when, when we're going through this, I, I, I we both understand there's other ways other Christians would answer this. Yeah. Um, um, but we really just want to defend. We, we just really don't have enough time. And plus, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up anybody else's um, view. Yeah. So I, and I've already talked to a couple of people. If they listen to this and decide, you know, I kind of have a different understanding, I would, I would be all right, you know, having them come on and explain it. And, you know, a Calvinist or an open theist really is who I'm thinking of um, that that would explain this problem and uh, the solutions mostly, yeah. um, and and where stuff comes from. That, that kind of thing. That's that's they're gonna they're gonna have a little different understanding. But so yeah, so we we get to the law. So there's the fall. There's the law. And then there's the Hayah, no. uh, <laughs> when Jesus bust up in the scene. Uh, so we get to the New Testament era, and uh, right at the beginning of, of, of B.C., uh, or A.D., I mean, uh, is when Jesus is born. And, uh, <clears throat> and so Jesus comes, and he says he's this promised Messiah of the Old Testament. Um, and if you know anything about the promised Messiah, this was the guy that was kind of, he was going to bring everything back to normal. He was going to fix everything. Um, and, and the Jews actually thought that he was going to do it all in one, in one sitting, basically he was going to come clean house and there, and Israel would be this perfect nation, uh, yet again. But, uh, he actually does it in two parts. So he came as, as Jesus, as the man and came and lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins. And basically said that he is the solution for the problem of evil. And so the problem of evil really starts with free will. And then we're in this state of where we're not reconciled with God because our, our free will has separated us from God because we have made free will choices to separate ourselves from God. And the only way back from that, Jesus says, is through him. The only way to the Father is, is through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus comes, he lives, he, he affirms his teaching, affirms who he is by dying on a cross and being resurrected. That's really how he affirms who he is. 
Uh, and while he was living, it was the miracles. It was his ability to forgive sins. It was his ability to heal people on the spot. Um, that really, that really pointed to Jesus. And uh, so, uh, after Jesus, you know, after he's resurrected and 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 Christianity really begins to form, um, it, then uh, the gospel gets spread. People are getting saved. They are choosing Jesus Christ. No matter whatever consequences follow afterwards, they are choosing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and uh, freely choosing all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So and then afterwards, so we're, we're in this period now after the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, this is the period where uh, basically everybody has an opportunity to get saved. Everybody has an opportunity to follow Jesus and all that and, and really find the true um the true answer to the problem of evil for their own lives. And it's Jesus Christ, I think. And, uh, and so after that, at the, at the, in revelation, we start seeing that now here comes the judgment. And so there's a judgment for, uh, for all people. Everybody is judged actually, according to the scriptures. And the only thing that gets someone's name written in the lamb's book of life is Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. So people who have, have chosen him, as their personal Lord and Savior, who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and who can never be blotted out of that book, uh, these are the people who who uh, who get into heaven and spend an eternity in heaven. There's also though there's also a judgment for the uh, unrighteous people, and the only difference between again the only difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is did they put their faith in Jesus Christ or not? And you see in scriptures it says you know the there's these people and these people and these sinners and these sinners, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. That's because they never put their faith in Jesus Christ and let Jesus change their lives. Uh, so they never been regenerated. That's not because they just done those things and that's what they're going to hell for. You know, it's because they had, they refused the, the gift of salvation uh, through Jesus Christ freely given through Jesus Christ. So we get this judgment. So that's where people, you know, people like, uh, Hitler, you know, Hitler's, uh, I, I'm pretty confident Hitler's in hell today. Um, I'm pretty confident Hitler's in hell today. And he's, he's facing the judgment for his actions. He's facing, I, I, I kind of have the opinion that there, there probably is, uh, layers of punishment in hell, but, um, you know, that's another topic for another day, but, uh, I think it's definitely a possibility, and uh, so there could be a possibility that Hitler may be punished worse than other people. So, uh, but in Scripture, constantly the ones who committed evil acts against Christians, who caused Christians to suffer, there's a there's a, there's a punishment for them that takes place at this point. Uh, and then after judgment, after uh, after God cleans house and He creates a new heaven and new earth, and Jesus becomes the king of this heaven and earth. Then we have this, this new heaven, new earth, and we have a perfect reign where Jesus Christ is in charge. And so uh, like I heard in a debate that I was listening to, um, <clears throat> you know, at the beginning of, of the Bible, we see that God gives human beings the world that they apparently desired when they chose to freely, when we choose to freely okay. rebel against him, we get the world that that we desired. And then later on, we get the world that that true born again believers desire, which is the new heaven and the new earth. Um, and then those who reject Jesus Christ in this earth will be rejected by him in front of the father in heaven. Um, so that's 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 the general gist of what the Bible says. Now, 
we don't want you to stop here and say, well, oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, a couple of Christians answering the problem of evil. And uh, they're not, they're just talking about this regular stuff, you know, just talking about the Bible. You know, that's not what we want you to get out of this because uh, that's just what the Bible has to say about this. That mm. there is someone, there is, uh, people will pay for their sins if they are not washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, so there is a punishment for the actions of human beings in this world. There is a true justice that happens that is given uh, by God. And so that's what, that's what we really wanted you to see. And then also where this evil started, uh, we're very, we're pretty much convinced that evil started with the fall of mankind in, in the time of Genesis. Uh, when Adam and Eve fell, that's when sin entered into the world. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get into some of the more of the philosophical arguments here in just a second, but we just want to take a moment though, and I'll let Christians start and just talk about, you know, just some of the some of the evils that we've seen or heard of or have even happened in our lifetime. Uh, so, Christian, why don't you go ahead and get us started and then I'll, I'll jump in with some of my examples. Um, yeah, um, I think we've we're probably going to have examples that just coincide. But I think <laughs> death is probably one of the main reasons you see it. And like the God's Not Dead movie, you see it pretty much to anyone you talk to, if they're an unbeliever or they say they were a Christian and for some reason they left the faith, it's usually coming down to, hey, this person died or this, or my parents got divorced. And they're like, why would God let this happen? And it all stems from one certain event that happened, whether it be that divorce, whether it be someone died, we see I think that's where the prosperity gospel comes into play. That's another thing for another podcast too. But um, Mm -hmm. they talk about how if you're a Christian and you're truly following Christ, then you won't be sick. But then we see Christians all over the world. For example, my uncle who had faith like no other, and I could see he battled cancer for so long, and then that ended up, what was killing him was his cancer. He ended up dying from cancer a couple of months ago now, or about a month. Yeah, a couple of months ago now. And so we see somebody like that, and we're like, why would God let this happen? And we want we want to blame God. We want to find somebody to blame. Is probably part of our issue at the end of the day. But we see these examples of evil, and then you just see natural evils occurring. Like people who did these bad things or like even in school um we could see people cheat and get a higher score than we did and we're like why did this happen we're like we're honest i'm like i did my test i gave some of my dumb answers and i got a lower grade than these people that cheated we're like why would this happen but those are just a few examples you want to go for jonathan give some of yours yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I've heard. I was just telling Christian, you know, I've heard a lot of things, especially even work at the funeral home now. I mean, uh, even seeing some 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 situations, I I just can't even imagine. And I can talk about some of them that are public, but um, you, you know, <clears throat> uh, I, the problem of evil it goes it goes between being a world worldwide problem like the Holocaust. You know, that's not something that just affected one group of people. I mean, really, it did. I mean, for the most part, or, or at least more traumatically, but it's something that left an imprint on all of mankind. 
you know, that's what I'm talking about when I say worldwide. Um, and then there's, uh, um, <clears throat> so, so, uh, and then there's, uh, there's evil that's like personal, you know, things that people personally have, have gone through, um, you know, and those, those are the ones we hear, you know, as, as pastors and ministers and that sort of thing, you know, so uh, we talk about like death, you know, and death is something that oh, people all across the world, obviously they face it because everybody dies. Uh, statistics are pretty certain on that. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know, it's like death, you know, like my, my mom died and it's a very interesting I mean, my mom died at, at 47, I believe she was. And, uh, I mean, that was eight or nine, 10 years ago now. And, uh, you know, when she died, I actually started filtering. I said, okay, what was God doing in the midst of, of all of these circumstances? Um, you know, so started filtering that through my mind. And then also just hearing, uh, you know, hearing from uh, people that I've I've talked to, like at the funeral home, you know, uh, I mean, I've, I've, we've had, we've had, uh, murders. We've had, uh, the, the, one of the worst cases we've had, and I've got to be careful because I can't share, uh, I can't share private details, but, uh, you can actually look this up on the news is there was a boy who was, he was tortured by his father, his, his mother, uh, basically hit him in the head. And, and, uh, uh, long story short, he was killed and tortured and starved by his own father and his girlfriend, uh, both are being charged today, but, uh, you know, just hearing stuff like that. And, and I, you know, hear from, from rape victims all the time, you know, how, how, like, like I remember hearing from one person and she said that, that, uh, uh, she was raped when she was younger, but by her own dad and, uh, but yet nobody would believe her, you know? And so she was, <clears throat> she was raped by, her own dad, nobody would believe her. So she's suffering. She even asked me, well, where was God when I was being raped by my father? Uh, that was a, that was a very, uh, very tough question to answer. And, uh, I don't really want to spoil my, my next part of this podcast, but, uh, uh, but you know, there's, those are just, there's just some very difficult things. And, uh, I know my brother, him and I have had a few conversations and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me calling him out. Uh, <laughs> Maybe this will get him to listen. I'll say, "Hey, I called you on the podcast." But you know, I mean, him. We're talking, and, and sometimes you know, we can. There's there's certain people like 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 certain people have been through some very tough lives, uh, almost unbearably tough. Uh, but you know, but sometimes you just sit there and you're just thinking about everything that's possibly could possibly could be happening in the world right now. Uh, then the statistics of how many kids die of starvation uh, every year and all this stuff. I mean, all these statistics and things, uh, it, it, the, the problem is serious. And that's why so many people deal with it. And so many people have to answer it because we all have to deal with it. Uh, we all have to have some kind of answer, at least something to, to reassure us and to calm yeah. us down. We have to have some kind of answer um, in it. So let's talk about the answers. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. <laughs> the main purpose of this podcast is to talk about the answers. Uh, also, I just want to give a, a shout out to Kevin. Kevin, I, I just to be honest, I'm not really sure um, exactly what John Walton's view is regarding evil's origin. So uh, if you want to drop something in the comments or something um, and uh, kind of explain it a little bit, we might be able to address it, but uh, I'm not, not really. sure exactly what his, what his view is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so what reasons could this be? Is there a possible world? So we'll just ask Christians who he says, and then we'll cut the video off. Uh, is there a possible world in which evil and God can coexist? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there you have it, folks. Um, yeah. So, so really, when we get to this question, um, you know, is, is it possible that there can be a God, or that there is a God, and that there is a world in which evil uh, exists? Uh, and I think the answer is yes. And a lot of philosophers also say the answer is yes. It is possible if God has a morally sufficient reason. That's what uh, I think that's more of a William Lane Craig quote there. Yeah. Uh, if, but if he has a morally sufficient reason for evil to exist, then yes, God and a an evil world can both coexist together. Um, it is definitely possible. Um, <clears throat> so you, you got anything else to add there? We'll go ahead and jump into these, some of these philosophical arguments um, and then we'll do the biblical arguments. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of our arguments are going to come into play is if the evil does exist, then how can God also exist? We will go into planning goes with the free will defense, which I think I've heard a lot used that because evil exists because we have free will and God wouldn't be who he is if he didn't give us free will. And so it you wouldn't have love without free will. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. So what we're going to do now is kind of give you some theodicies. Uh, and a theodicy is a defense of God's goodness and omnipotence in view of the existence of evil. And so there was a guy, his name's Alvin Plantinga. I, I, I don't know if Alvin Plantinga is still alive or not. I, f- I think he is. Um, I think he is still alive. If, if not, he just passed away recently. But um, so basically, it's a defense of God in, in the face of this this, uh, this argument that that evil can't exist if God exists. Um, and so Alvin Plantinga, he comes up with the free will defense. And the free will defense basically is um, that the morally sufficient reason, really, for God allowing evil is so that human beings can have free will. You know, and I think an easier way to understand this, uh, this uh, argument is if, like, if you ask somebody, you say, well, would you rather be sitting in prison right now or would you rather be free and not be in prison? And pretty much everybody's going to say, well, of course I want to be free. Well, there you go. If God's going to give us true freedom, if he's going to give us true free will, then evil has to exist. Because how could we have genuine free will without the existence of evil? Um, how could that How could that even be possible? Um, and so that's basically what the free will defense is. Um, and he, he actually has a short, an actual short video uh, on YouTube where Alvin Plantinga goes through the free will defense. Um, but the other thing is, so uh, free will kind of, you know, that defense is kind of uh, an overview of all the evil that happens. You know, everything happens um, because of free will, because of the existence of free will. And so we are free creatures who have the free ability to choose between a good action or an evil action. So when somebody says, well, why isn't God stopping evil? And, and especially if they're an atheist, I'm thinking, well, what are you doing to stop evil? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> are you just sitting there and crying and complaining? Or are you actually trying to stop evil yourself? Um, and that's why mm-hmm. some people just kind of get this philosophical uh, understanding uh, of evil in the world. And then they turn around and say, and just throw their hands up and say, well, God should do something about it. You know, what about you? That's what, even the Christian faith, you know, it's about Jesus changing us and basically, uh, basically uh, alleviating, getting rid of some of the evil that's going on out there is we change people's hearts. 
And that's why you hear like in the political realm, uh, when Christians mix in there, uh, a lot of Christians are saying, well, we really don't want to just force our beliefs. What we want is for people to get saved and changed by Jesus. And then that changes their worldview uh, of what's going on. Um, And uh, so let me me jump in here with C.S. Lewis. Do you have anything to add about free will defense? I think you can just see the desire for free will even... As a baby, if you try to constrain a kid to just sit down, most of them will cry because they're energetic. Um, We see when we're teenage age, when we're told by our parents not to do this or we have to go this place, oftentimes we want to rebel, we want to go, we want to do something. And that's where we get the free will. I was just thinking about something that left my head. It may come back to me. Yeah, right at the end of the podcast. Yeah, you know. All right, so, um, so basically, all right, so let's take a let's take an actual example here, all right? And I, I'll I'll go I'll go the personal route. So we take my mom's death for example, all right? Um, <clears throat> my mom died from a stroke. She died. Uh, I mean, she is a, a stroke is a blood clot to the brain, um, and uh, which can be caused by lots of different things, you know. Um, but a lot of it, I think, had to do with uh, her healthy habits, you know. So when so when when my mom died, you know, I didn't think it was just God. And this, I have such a man. You want to hear me get real frustrated? Uh, I get so frustrated when somebody says God is the one that took your loved one away. I get very frustrated when people say that uh, because if you look in Scripture, I think, and when and you look into in the world and everything, is that God doesn't control every single little situation. I don't think God's sitting there like he's the Grim Reaper, you know, and say, all right, time to go scoops him up and it goes, you know, um, <clears throat> I do think he can inter intervene in certain situations. If there's some, if there's a morally sufficient reason for keeping someone alive. Uh, but death in the end is something that, that all people, uh, uh, something that all people need to, that, that all people uh, will deal with, you know? And so, uh, I, I'm going to die. Christian's going to die. We're all going to die. All right. Uh, there's your, your positive, uh, feedback for the day. So, <laughs> uh, we're all, we're all going to die, you know, but it's something that happens to everyone. Uh, but our free will choices though, can affect the, the life and death of other people. If you get in a car and you're drunk, you know, then you have freely chosen to risk your own life and risk the lives of people that are around you. If you get drunk, go on the interstate, you could kill 10 people. You know, within a matter of seconds, you know what I mean. And uh, so, uh, when it, so when we get this free will, we get the opportunity to freely choose to do an action and not to do an action. We affect the problem of evil in the world. You know, so that's why I say things like, okay, if if, if I ask people, do you want me to press a button right now? If I had a button in my hand right now, and I said I could get rid of all of the evil in the world if I press this button. And most people will say, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do it. Well, here's the problem is if I press that button, get rid of all evil, I would get rid of all of mankind because we we every evil decision, even Hitler, every evil decision is uh, is choices that are made by human beings who had the free choices uh, to make. And so. Uh, like if, if I hit a button right now, if I want to stop every single murder, you know, then I'd have to hit a button right now, which would stop everybody because a murder is simply just an action that comes from, uh, you know, a, a deep hatred or whatever it may be, 
you know, all of the evil acts that, that, that produce into that, you know? Uh, <clears throat> so our free will though, really affects the problem of evil. We freely choose to do evil acts. And here's the problem too, though, is uh, this is going to go right into the C.S. Lewis quote, but here's the other problem is when we try to deal with the problem of evil and, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and somebody, basically what, what a lot of people, especially non-Christians, because Christians, we kind of have, uh, we kind of have a, almost a, a hierarchy maybe of sins in the Bible. You know, this sin's worse than this sin, this sin's worse than this sin. But in the end for Christians though, all sins are pretty much equal. You know, if you lie to me, if you hate or you lie, then uh, the Bible says, though, Jesus said that if you hate somebody, then it's murder, you know? So yeah. hate to me is the same thing as murdering someone. Then all, 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 all sins are equal in God's eyes. But, um, you know, it also says that if you break one law, you've broken them all, you know? Um, <clears throat> so uh, what, it, what happens though, I think with non-Christians is that they, uh, they will say, well, no, when I say get rid of evil, I don't mean just get rid of every person that lies, you know? Um, and it's funny too, because then people are like, well, you know, I really hate that politician. He lies. He needs to be stopped. You know, he's an evil man. You know, I want to get rid of that liar, you know? Uh, okay. Well, let's start with you. You're also a liar. <laughs> you know, everybody is evil because of their free will uh, choices. But uh, with especially with an atheist, it's how you gotta you gotta ask him. How do you know if something is even evil or something is even good? Because what they're gonna say is, well, why doesn't God just let us have free will and let all choices be good? Well, how would you even know that there even is a problem of evil if there is no such thing as evil? If evil never existed, if God stopped all evil, how would you even know what evil was? How would you even know what good is? So let me read this quote from C.S. Lewis, because uh, like it says in the title of the video, this is the biggest argument against Christianity, the biggest argument against Christianity. And it was one of the, the main arguments that it seemed to keep C.S. Lewis from even pursuing Christianity because it was one of the biggest arguments. This is what he says. Uh, he says, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? If the whole show was bad and senseless from A to Z, so to speak, why did I, who was supposed to be part of the show, find myself in such violent reaction against it? Of course, I could have given up my idea of justice by saying it was not nothing but a private idea of my own. But if I did that, then my argument against God collapsed too, for the argument depended on saying that the world was really unjust, not simply that it did not happen to please my favorite fancies, thus in the very act of trying to prove that God did not exist. In other words, that the whole of reality was senseless. I found I was forced to assume that one part of reality, namely my idea of justice, was full of sense. Consequently, atheism turns out to be too simple. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there were no light in the universe and therefore no creatures with eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without meaning. So good would be without meaning if evil did not exist. And I think that's something that uh, that God's trying to teach us in this world is that evil exists and evil is bad 
But Jesus, God, and the relationship we get with God after learning about this evil is absolutely phenomenal. It's life-changing. But all right, Christian, I'll let you jump in there because my throat's getting sore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remembered what I was going to say. But uh, you were talking about earlier with uh, believers and atheists asking about why does God allow this evil? Matthew West came out with a song uh, basically tackling that a little bit. He said... Uh, God, where, basically, where are you? Why don't you just do something? And Matthew West comes out and says, I did do something. I created you. That's the whole synopsis of the song. Kevin DeYoung came out with a book called Just Do Something. So we've got an action to play a part of it. And God may have just relinquished it to us because that's how, that's why we were created to love and glorify him. But um, going into yeah, just uh, not knowing evil unless we saw something that was good. It's kind of like in sports. Unless we see how a sport is actually supposed to be played, we won't know what a foul is. So in football, we have to see how it's actually played, how you're actually supposed to block to know that you aren't supposed to grab somebody by the face mask and throw them down. Because if not, that would be some of the easiest thing to do. And probably... Yeah. In it, nature, if somebody runs you over, you want to grab their face mask and throw them on the ground. It's in our nature to do evil. That's probably another podcast for another day, too. Yeah. So let's just back up and and, uh, maybe you can help me, too. Let's clarify what we're saying here. Right. Because I was just just kind of running through everything I just said and you said in my brain. Uh, What we don't want it to sound like, though, is that we're saying that uh, that we're just trying to ignore the why. You know, yeah. well, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of us experiencing and knowing what good and evil is? I mean, yeah. do I really need to know what good and evil is? Um, uh, and it's hard for us to imagine a world in which we don't know what good and evil is. Uh, but even even in the new earth, new heaven, and new earth in Revelation, uh, there is a full understanding of good and evil. Uh, and we see that in this triumphant, you know, this there's a triumphant worship in the in the in the heavens, you know, during this time when the when the when the the man on the white horse, you know, comes to take over the world, you know, there's yeah. this triumphant praise in heaven. There's there's a triumph for those who are persecuted Christians. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a triumph there. There's something special about what happens when we have a free will. It's well, there's something special about what happened. We have free will. And it, it, it's, I think, so, so for God to have people who freely choose him. So that's the other thing is God's not forcing anyone to choose him. He's letting people freely choose him. And I think, um, given my limited knowledge, though, I mean, I'm not God. So I have a limited knowledge. It's like uh, from where I'm standing, you know, it's like if there's a if I see a, a, a pile of, of, of dirt, you know, half a mile up the road and I look at the dirt and I say, you know what? There are no ants on that dirt. Right. <laughs> and then I call my friend who's standing on the dirt and he's got a 5000 ants biting his legs. He's like, yes, there is ants on the dirt. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's got a different perspective. He can see the situation better than I can because I'm so far away. So the same thing with this. We're so far away from God, you know, so we don't have all of the information that that we could possibly have. I don't think we can understand all the information that God has because of our human capable, our human limit, 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 limitation. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
you know, so uh, I think this is the the greatest possible world in which the most amount of of human beings freely choose God as their Lord and Savior and as someone they want a relationship with. And that's why God instills inside of us this desire for a, a this something, this deeper meaning, something special. I think he puts that desire in us to draw us to him. Um, so uh, I think all this is going to get a little clearer once we get into the biblical arguments. Um, but Christian, you have anything else about the philosophical arguments before we move on? Yeah, I got, we got the Thomas Aquinas quote, an early oh, okay. church father, theologian, kind of goes along the same lines. He says, in order for you to have a changeable world, things must grow, die, and decay. <laughs> so in order for us to have this growing world that we all want we talk about technology we've watched movies of the future where everything just grows we have now vr coming out in order for that to happen stuff must grow stuff must die and stuff must decay and so there there must be this evil there must be death here and we see in romans which I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit into the biblical argument. But we have Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So in order for a world to change, the people have to change. And there must be death and evil. Yeah, so so let's get into the, the, the biblical arguments, all right? Uh, because nine times out of ten, I'm if, if we're going to talk about the problem of evil, I mean, we're probably, especially where me and Christian are planted, uh, we're probably going to have conversations with Christians, you know, uh, but even if we're not, you know, even if I'm not having a conversation with Christians, uh, I'm going to still bring up a lot of these scriptures, especially uh, Romans 828. If if uh, you'll you'll hardly ever hear me talk about problem of evil and not mention Romans 828 mm-hmm. um, and or Calvinism because of 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 what this this verse seems to imply. Uh, it says we know that all things work together for the good. Oh, whew. All right. Well, wait, that's not all the verse (laughs) of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So listen, if you don't, um, if you don't love God, if you don't love God, uh, then if if God's purposes are not your purposes, if a desire to seek God is not what you desire, um, if if that's not the case, then then everything's not going to work out for you good. But if you love God, have a personal relationship with him, then no matter what you face, God will and can bring good out of any situation that you find yourself in. Um, and so I use this all the time to say, you know, well, Jonathan, you know, well, your mom died at a young age. How can you deal with that? How can you still be a Christian after watching your mom suffer and be paralyzed, you know, on half her body for a year? I say, well, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't deal with it so good in the moment or even the few years after that. But looking back now, like I said earlier, that story that you can hear about this on the podcast. You look for the, the podcast called The Mom Shaped Hole in My Heart. Um, you go listen to that. But, uh, you know, God brought good out of this, you know, and it's not it wasn't good for for, you know, in every single way. You know, I'm not saying, well, it was a good thing she died. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't think that's what God's saying. What God's saying, though, is that no matter what the situation is, he can make something good come out of that situation. And uh, I think that's what happened with with my mom's death, especially in my life, um, is that it it really 
uh, it really motivated and pushed my ministry uh, very, very strongly. It matured me to the point where I could be a, a mature uh, adult or somewhat mature adult, uh, you know, at, at, at such a young age. So I could start ministering uh, early and I can actually have a connection. You know, he's. it's not that he, like I said, it's not that he thought it would be a good idea, you know, say, hey, I'll kill his mom. You know, that's not what he did anyways. Um, the, the fallen world killed my mother. Uh <clears throat> But it, it he he used that situation for good, and uh, I like I posted on Facebook before. You know, <laughs> if only she knew all the people I reach because of uh, <laughs> all the people I reach because of of her death, uh, it would be phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> so, all right, Christian, you got a couple verses here. Yeah. So going into this argument, we see in First Peter chapter 3, and me and Jonathan were talking earlier, most of these books were written because of the sufferings of these people. And so the authors are writing to Christians who are suffering for their faith, for Christ. It says in 1 Peter three fifteen through 18, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence and keeping good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And so we see here that we are to suffer. God promises suffering. And we see here that it is for doing right, that it is good for doing right, for Christ died for us. And the whole point of us being here, the whole point of Christ sending his son is so that we may turn to him. And in the end, we're promised abundant life by Christ. And John sixteen thirty three talks about how he has already overcome the world. So none of these sufferings compare to knowing him. And then, I guess one of the uh, main passages that I thought about, and I was talking with Jonathan earlier and couldn't remember the actual passage. In Matthew 5, 43-46, it says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous for if you love those who love you what reward do you have do not even the tax collectors do the same and so this counterculture of loving your enemy and praying for those who persecute you praying for the evil that is happening in our lives which is definitely countercultural here but we see in this passage that it says, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so God blesses the righteous and the unrighteous. And I think we can see from that with the fallen world that some things happen because of the fallen world. Just like Adam, because of the cursed ground, that we can be pricked by thorns, we can be cut by branches that it will be hard work working the land. And just like that, many natural things happen because of the fallen world. 
And there was a quote, I think, might have been looking at the Frank Turek video. It says, God permits evil, but is not the cause of evil. And so he allows these things to happen. We mentioned, we talked about this, just the story of Job, where we see this debate happening between God and Satan asking, all right, what can I do to Job? If I curse him, then he will not follow you. He says, you can do anything, just do not take his life. And so we see his suffering. And yet through it, I think at the end, Job would definitely say it was all worth it. And that God permitted this suffering. He didn't cause this evil. He allowed the devil to do it in order for Job to be blessed. Because in the end, he was given back sevenfold, I think it was, of what he was given. And so we see this abundance being given as a result of this suffering. And talking to people that have gone through many things, they often say, many sufferings, they often say, I wouldn't have chosen it for myself, but I don't think I would take it back either. I've learned lessons here. I've learned the power of God here. Um, and we wouldn't have Christ if there wasn't evil in the world. Evil is the reason God the Father had to send His Son down to us. And just like we did, God suffers that evil. He suffers. Christ suffered tiredness on earth. He was able to suffer death by taking the form of human flesh, just as we will one day. So I don't know if you got any passages you want to look over, Jonathan. Uh, I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, uh, there's lots of stories in the Bible of suffering and evil. I mean, yeah. uh, if you want to see the effects of free will, take a look at Judges. You know, one of the worst stories yeah. in the Bible is is uh, this guy, he's, he's going, he's he's traveling around with his uh, his wife or girlfriend or whatever, and <laughs> whatever you want to call it, and uh, gets to a place and they say, we want to, they, they, he, he stays with a friend and, and uh, the whole town comes over there and says, we want to rape your friend, the guy, not the girl. And so the other two guys say, well, why don't you take her instead? And so they take her, uh, rape her right outside the door, let her die at the doorstep and, uh, and then uh, she basically dies with, with, I mean, stretching her hand out to the door. I mean, it's so vivid how they describe it. And that's the, that's the fall of humankind. That's the free will choices uh, of humankind that calls that. Uh, but it is interesting, though. You read in the New Testament, you say, and I, I think I know what the issue is with atheists uh, with this answer, because they always seem unsatisfied with the answer, because um, you know, it's, I, and I don't think it's a logical problem. I think it's an emotional problem. It's in every situation they feel like God needs to act the way that they think He should act. Um, but you know, and but the problem is, and the difference between them and a Christian is, is that they haven't experienced Jesus Christ. They have not experienced Jesus Christ. And the people who have experienced Him, like in the New Testament times. If they would have just given up Jesus Christ, and Christian touched on this a little bit, but if they would have just given up Jesus Christ, they could have they could have got rid of a lot of suffering they were going through. But they said that having Jesus Christ was more important to them than getting rid of their suffering. That is an amazing testimony of the of of what the 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 and of of what the purpose of evil in the world even is. Why God allows evil to happen. It's so that we fully understand. I mean, 
Uh, I know people, I was telling Christian, you know, I know people who were drug addicts that if they weren't drug addicts, they probably would not be Christians. At the very least, they would not be just such radical Christians. I mean, there is some very radical, uh, just, I mean, even for somebody else to hear that's not a Christian or whatever, just the life-changing stories to hear about how Jesus Christ completely changed someone's entire life overnight and how much love they have for Jesus because of what he did for them is because he showed his light in the midst of evil. I mean, it is just, it is just some powerful stuff, but listen, we got to close this up, but listen, uh, we're both aware that we did not cover every single argument against Christianity in regards to this issue. Okay. Uh, definitely didn't cover every argument against Christianity, <laughs> but even against the, the problem of evil. Yeah. So if you have any questions or anything, don't hesitate to email us, gracebondministries.gmail.com, and we'll try to get on here and answer some of those questions and deal with some of those um, a little bit a little bit better. You know, I, I was telling Christian, I have I have a lot better conversations with people when I can ask questions and they can answer. We can kind of get down to where exactly the issues are arising, you know. Uh, but but I mean, just in the end, I, I, I believe God exists. I think it's possible that there's a world in which God can exist and evil can exist. And I think it's the best possible world in which God can bring uh, the most amount of people freely to him by their own free will. He can bring them freely to him, to salvation, to a relationship with him that will actually last even into eternity. Um, and so to understand what this crooked line is or to understand what a straight line is, we first have to know what a crooked line is to understand what is actually good we have to know what evil is all right so christian you got anything last things to add before i read this last passage i think we're hitting the nail on the head as much as we can and so we see like you talked about the suffering especially of the apostles like if i think it's in second corinthians we see the punishments that paul received and he was the one of the most radical guys and we see all these punishments we see john who was they tried to boil him to death for his faith and yet they couldn't kill him which is just crazy to think about um one example i was sharing with jonathan earlier was the story of sam elliott if y'all don't know who that is there's a documentary movie that they have called the end of the spear and he was in ecuador with this tribe i think it was called the udani tribe that he was trying to witness to these people and these were known as some of the most ferocious people that nobody was allowed in there except for the tribal people. And they had this plan. They were going to drop care packages in for a certain amount of time. And then they finally felt comfortable enough and they were meeting with these groups of people. And then stories were made up that they had uh, raped or slept with one of the tribal people. And so the leaders got involved and they ended up being killed being they got off the plane and ended up being stabbed to death by the leaders of that tribe and one part that we see is that they had guns they had went to that country they were prepared but they knew that the uh the salvation of these these tribal members were more important than their own safety and then from that suffering we see how sam elliott's wife elizabeth elliott and a couple of family members from the other two actually came back and were able to save people from that village. Were able to help share the gospel with people from that village, and now they have a great relationship. Even with Sam Elliott's kids, have a great relationship with these tribal members. And so we see how God turned that around. 
And if you're a Christian, looking at your family members who are Christians, going to heaven is not the, this is one of the best things for them to be in the presence of Christ if they are truly saved. To live as Christ and to die as gain in Paul's words. So we also see that. And that's about All right. It. Well, let me, uh, and, you know, in, in the end of the story in the Bible is that one day uh, for people who put their faith in, who want to, uh, the Bible says that, 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 uh, that salvation is uh, not just a, a gift from God, but it is the gift of God. Uh, it is God is our salvation. God is the gift. Jesus is the gift. And so if you don't, if you decide, I don't want to spend my eternity with Jesus Christ, that's your decision. But that's also the decision you got to live with for all of eternity. Uh, so those who choose him as the gift, those who choose Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, uh, those are the people this verse is talking about. But listen to this, though. Uh, this is Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am right. I am making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So, all right. Just we thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, I hope I hope this is beneficial to you. Pass this around. Share it with your friends. If you hear of any objections, you think of any other questions, reach out to us because that's going to be the best way to get your questions answered. Um, instead of you know just waiting until we just happen to talk about it, you know, and uh, we might be able to help you out or or just have a one on one conversation privately. You know, we don't have to we don't have to say your name on the podcast or anything like that. We just answer the question and move on. Uh, but unless you're my brother, and then I will embarrass you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but listen, uh, Christian and I, we were just talking today, you know, sure, if, if some evil happened to us, uh, yeah, we'd be bummed out. We'd have a tough time, you know, Jesus Christ and the experience and the relationship we've had with Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we can, we can, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. So, um, all right, Christian, if you want to go ahead and play our closing video, we will see you all on the next podcast. See you all later. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, 
you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace.